if you love Jesus in this place, would you make some noise? Amen. How amazing is it that we got to get led in worship by our teenagers this morning? So cool. We got to see our dance team. Awesome. I wanted to dance with them. They wouldn't let me. They're like, no, Corey, you stick to the preaching. We'll take care of the dancing. It's a good choice. Hey, if you got your Bibles, open to, uh, open to Genesis, Genesis chapter 3. Hey, uh, since this is Bridgie Summer Weekend, I know we've welcomed guests, but can I just say, like, sincerely, here at the Bridge, one of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. We love it. We love meeting new people. At Bridge Youth, we like to welcome our brand new people every single week. Let's go, Bridge Youth, by saying we are here to build you up, not... We're here to build you up, not beat you up. You're going to leave today feeling better than you came in. You're going to be encouraged today. Um, I got this card um, from the board of a church I was on staff of, and, and it says this. It says, wanted youth pastor, must be able to teach while things are flying through the air. Mm-hmm. Must be able, this, one's, this is a tough one, must be able to appear cool to youth while appearing reverent to parents. Yeah. <laughs> must provide transportation at the drop of a hat. Must be a lover of God and funny. Must be able to transform loud, obnoxious kids into civil, God-loving adults. So, church, uh, this morning the task in front of me is a challenging one uh, to be both relevant to young people uh, yet reverent to adults, to be, to be cool to young people yet so biblically accurate and intellectual and vociferous and have the best hermeneutics and homiletics. <laughs> so pray for your boy today as I deliver this word and give me grace as I preach like a youth pastor because that is what I am. Genesis chapter 3, if you got your Bibles, if you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. All right, I'll hold up for a couple of you. Um, let me ask, just, just as a survey, let me, let me ask a question really quick. Um, if you're in this place and you've ever been told something, if you've ever been called something, maybe it was by, maybe it was, I mean, it, it could have been by a family member, a friend, a teacher, a coworker, a boss, anything. If you've ever been told something, someone said something to you that made you feel small or insignificant, would you raise your hand? You've been told something like that? Wow. Um, if, you've ever, if you've ever experienced something, gone through something, um, something was done to you, um, uh, you've walked through something that's ever made you feel broken. Would you raise your hand? Incredible. I mean, it, it's, it's the type of thing that's like so many experience this. And, and that's why this morning I, I want to talk around the idea of identity. The idea of identity. And, and this morning I want to bring a message to you entitled, Who Told You? I need your help preaching this morning. Look at your neighbor say, Who Told You? Now look at your other neighbor, the one that you chose second, and tell him, who told you? Parents, like, this resonates so, uh, so clearly in your heart, you know, because when your kids get caught up doing something they shouldn't have done, they, like, went to their friend's house for the sleepover, and then the parents of the, your, your kid's friends call you and let you know your kid was acting up, and then your kid gets home, and you tell them exactly what they were doing, and they're like, who told you? And some of y'all are so crazy, you just go, the Holy Spirit. That's <laughs> Who told you? We're going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. Pastor Gary, do you guys read, you guys read the Bible over here in adult service? You, we, have, we have most of the Bible memorized in youth service. So. 
Hey, we've been doing this in youth for about a month now. Um, I've really, really been loving it. Um, I believe that we should honor the word of God. And, and often, because something is so accessible, we can naturally begin to lose the value of it. Diamonds are so valuable because they're so rare. And the word of God has become so accessible. I think often young people don't value and honor the word of God to the level and the degree that they should. And so we've been doing this as our way of just saying, hey, young people, we need to honor the word of God. People have died so that we can have the word of God. So, hey, all over this place, if you're willing, if you can, would you stand to your feet in honor of the reading of God's word this morning? I'm going to read 11 verses. So if you skipped your daily Bible reading this week, I got you. Here's what it says. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say? Here it is. The enemy will always come against the word of God. He'll always challenge the word of God. This is the first sin, the first temptation. And what does it start with? The challenging of the word of God. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any trees in the garden? Of course, of course we may eat of the fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, she knew what God said. Verse 3. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die. There he is again, just challenging the word of God, going polar opposite to what the word of God has to say. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. Everybody say, like God. Remember that part. No one both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment their eyes were open and then suddenly they felt shame. They felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. When the cool evening breeze were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? Verse 10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And I could just see God right here, verse 11, brokenhearted, tears filling his eyes, asking Adam, who told you? Would you pray with me really quick? Very long, very extensive prayer. God, speak to us today, and thank you for Anthony Davis to the Lakers. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> hey, high-five your neighbor. Tell him who told you. Grab a seat. <laughs> Has anybody ever said anything that just scared you, like, so bad, like it stuck with you? You know, moms, moms, when you, uh, when you shout at your kids using both, both first name and middle name, oh, it's so terrifying. Come on, Corey, Devon, like, this is it. This is how I go out. <laughs> um, uh, me and my wife, Amber, we've been married for going on 10 years now, going on 10 years. And uh, she is the type that, that before her head hits the pillow, she's out. She is asleep, gone. That's, that's, that's my wife. I'm the type that, you know, hanging out, driving home late, I'll be super tired or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hit the, I'm gonna hit the bed and just crash. And then I get home, head hits the pillow, and I feel like I drank three Red Bulls. <laughs> Come on. That's me, so um, kind of typical to, to our marriage. We, she's, she's asleep, 
I'm on the, I've always been on the right side of the bed. I don't know why, babe. It's always been that side. Um, I'm tossing and I'm turning. I'm trying to get to sleep and she's asleep. And, and I'm, I roll over in the middle of the night. It's like 3 a.m. And get the picture. It's 3 a.m. I, I, I was living, we were living in Lake Elsinore at this time on the wrong side of the lake. And we lived in a trailer that was in the middle of a dirt field in the back of the church parking lot. That's where we lived. And so... It's already the setting is like the beginning of every horror movie that you've ever seen. <laughs> and in the middle of that, in the middle of the night, I'm tossing, I'm turning. I turn over in the direction of my wife to see my wife like this. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, babe, babe, you awake? And she's just staring at me. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Middle of the night, in the middle of, in the middle of this dirt field, in the back of the chair, 3 a.m., my wife, asleep, but with her eyes open, goes, you think that's funny? <laughs> I was like, nope, I don't think that's funny. I don't think anything's funny. I don't like jokes. I don't like comedies. I don't like romantic comedies. I've never laughed at anything in my whole life. And I rolled over, and I began to pray, God, help me. <laughs> to this day, to this day, that haunts me. Like, those words haunt me. And, and some of us, um, some of us have been told things. We've been on the receiving end of some words that to this day, they haunt us. They've attached themselves to us. And today, um, I just want to ask you the same thing that God asked Adam and Eve. Who told you? Who told you? that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were ugly? Who told you that you had no future? Who told you? So the reality is, is God's word says something so much different. So many of us, we've had a, we've had a parent or a family member or a teacher or somebody tell us these words that have attached themselves to it. So many of us, we grew up, we grew up in a school system that said billions and billions and billions and billions of years ago, two nothings came together and became something. And in the midst of that something that came from nothing, there was this little cockroach guy. And this cockroach guy walked around planet Earth, got bored being a cockroach, and became a frog or something. And so that frog started hopping around planet Earth, and he got all bored being a frog, so he became an ape. And that ape walked around Temecula, California, decided I'm going to go to Fantastic Sam's and get a haircut, and Boom, here we are. But yeah, you're just, you're just King Kong's great, 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 great grandkid. This is, we've been told you came from nothing, you're a no one, and you're going nowhere. And now we're confused why people are living like they came from nothing, like they're a no one who's going nowhere. But I'm here to tell you this morning, who told you? Because you didn't come from nothing. God created you. You're not a no one. You're a son or a daughter of a king. And you're not headed nowhere. You're headed somewhere. Who told you? This is, this is incredible. Um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, we just read this verse. God, this is the enemy lying, spitting his lies. If you ever hear a lie, just know that is Satan's native tongue. That is his first language, lying. It says, God, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. Now, if you've got a paper Bible, just flip back like one, maybe two pages, a boom. Verse number 26 of Genesis 1, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. 
you will be like God. Let's make them like us, like God. Like Satan was tempting Adam and Eve with something they already had. Hey, the devil is a liar. Don't believe his lies and his schemes. I could just hear God like, well, who told you? Oh, oh, really? Oh, so, so did they? Did they create the heavens and earth out of nothing? Oh, they didn't. Oh, so did, did they come down to earth and create all living beings? Oh, they didn't? Oh, did they, did they get down into the, into the dust and the dirt and then form you and then breathe life into you? Oh, they didn't? Then why are you listening to them? Who told you? Look at your neighbor, wake him up, say, who told you? If you're taking notes today, I believe you'll get a fast pass when you get to heaven. You'll get to go straight to the pearly gates. All pastors love people who take notes in church. Also, in youth ministry, we, you, you, how many of you guys have your journals today? Youth, there we go. How many of y'all are those people who take, take notes on your phone, the glowing journals? Let's go. We have to take notes um, in youth ministry. Otherwise, they don't take nothing home. We do something called a sermon in a sentence in youth because even if you get them to walk away with one sentence, it's a miracle from God. Everyone with junior higher say amen. <laughs> Here's our sermon in a sentence. The only one who can define you is the one who designed you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. No one else can define you and give you your identity. Only God can do that. So. How do we get to this place where so many of us admittedly raising our hands struggle with identity? And what's the answer? I want our framework this morning to be uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And here strength is talking about physical strength is literally a reference to a body. So if you're taking notes, that's our first point, body. Body. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to offer your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. We could go in so many different directions, but I want to talk about specific location, bodily location. Where do you put yourself? Look at your neighbor. Hopefully, you're not choosing the same one the first time, every time. Tell them you're a masterpiece. Here's the thing about a masterpiece. You'll find masterpieces in certain places. Do you guys know where the Mona Lisa is at? It's at the Louvre in Paris. And I've been to the Louvre. It is incredible. It's overwhelming how beautiful that place is. Why is the Mona Lisa there? Because it's a masterpiece. You're not going to see the Mona Lisa at your aunt so-and-so's place hanging on a thumbtack on her wall. Why? Because aunt so-and-so's house doesn't have the value to hold masterpiece. Young people. Young people, you need to hear me this morning. There are some places that don't have the value to hold a masterpiece like you. Amen. You got no business going certain places. Parents in the room, this is why one of the most loving things that you could say to your kids every once in a while is, no. Uh-uh. No, you can't go to that party. No. You got the nerve to ask if you could go stay the night at your boyfriend's house? Uh, uh. No. And then when they, when, they, when they have the nerve to ask you, well, why? You just tell them, because I said that's why. Because I brought you into this world and I could take you. And then after you tell them that, you tell them, here's why, here's why. 
because you don't yet see in yourself what I see in you. You don't realize yet that you are a masterpiece. And so until you see what I see and what the Word of God says about you, or you're paying your own rent, then I'm gonna keep you out of the places that don't have the value to hold you. No. I want to talk just one more thing about, about um, in this conversation about the body. Is, uh, as you talk about this, let me, let me ask you, how many people in the room, uh, you, you like to go fishing? You're a fisher. You say, I love fishing. Okay. Uh, other than your fishing rod, like, what's the most important thing, in, like, when you're going fishing? It's your bait, right? It's your bait. And depending on what you want to catch is depending on what bait you want to use. Young ladies in the room, I want to talk to the young ladies in the room real quick. All the ladies say, hey. hey. Come on now. Young ladies, um, when you're trying to get a guy, what bait are you using? I was getting, I'm, look, parents, like we, I, I, I got to talk to the teenagers like this. You go on Instagram for 15 minutes. And you got a world that's telling all young ladies, you got to act like this, you got to look like this, you got to dress like this, and if you don't, then you don't have any value and no one's ever going to want you. But here's the thing, ladies, if you walk around using your body as your bait, well, you might turn his head, but you never turn his heart. You need to, you need to use what First Peter talks about, your unfading beauty. Your unfading beauty. Let this vegetarian tell you the biggest important thing that you need when you go fishing is the bait. I don't go fishing. Who are we kidding? I'm not manly enough to go fishing. Come on, I need to move. I wish my, I wish my future daughter would come downstairs looking like, I'm, I'm going out, Dad. No, you're going back to your room, and you're giving your Barbie doll her clothes back, and you're putting on some real clothes before Dad chooses your outfit. You'll be wearing a trench coat in June. Are you kidding me? I need to move on. I'm moving on. I'm getting. <laughs> Point two, we got body, heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, now, I know, follow your heart. Like, it sounds so good, right? Like, just follow. Someone's giving you, I don't know what to do. Well, just follow your heart. It sounds great. Like, Disney's so convincing when they tell you, like, I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Don't you dare close your eyes. Like, but let's think about it for a second. Break it down. This girl following her heart, Princess Jasmine, it got her 20,000 feet off the ground on a flying rug with a complete stranger who was actually an imposter whose best friend was a monkey. <laughs> so yes, I'm the pastor this morning telling you, don't follow your heart. Don't follow your emotion. Don't let your feelings lead your life. Here's the thing about feelings and emotions. They're a great indicator, but they're a terrible dictator. Don't follow your heart. Um, we're all, all, all youth pastors are guilty of using this verse whenever talking about dating. If you grew up in church, you heard your youth pastor talk about it. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. But then, like, youth pastor never told you what that means or what that looks like, right? He, you're like, guard your heart. I'm going to guard my heart. And then you go home, you're like, I don't know how to guard my heart. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, I need an instruction. Right? This is the best way that I can describe it when my boys who have a bulletproof vest for me. Don't worry. It's just an illustration. Uh, now all of our youth stu students are going to think this is a look, and they're going to start wearing bulletproof vests to church. 
So I was a Riverside police explorer for about three years. I wanted, I wanted to become a cop before God called me into the ministry. Me, a cop, could you imagine? I'm too nice. They'd be like, license and registration. They'd be like, no. Be like, All right, have a great day. God bless you. <laughs> this is the best way I can describe guard your heart. It's like taking the word of God, like your bulletproof vest. See, I talked to some police officers when I would go on ride-alongs. I got to go on a ton of ride-alongs. It's not like cops. There's so much paperwork. God bless you who are police officers and first responders. Like, we are so blessed, and we have so many amazing ones in our church body. But I, 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 as a teenager, you know, they always made us put on the bulletproof vest before we would go. Why? Protects your vital organs. Most of all, your heart. And as a teenager, I'd ask them, you ever been shot in your vest? You know, I was a teen. Of course I'm going to ask. I'm a teenager. And of all the cops, only one ever said he had actually been shot in his vest. And I was like, ooh, do tell. He's like, well, here's the thing. I got shot, and then I forgot that. But initially, I forgot I was wearing the vest. It hit me. He said, a lot of people, when they get hit in the vest, they actually break a rib. It'll break your ribs when you get hit. He's like, and, and I got knocked down. I got the wind knocked out of me. I, I, I felt like this. Is, I thought I actually got shot. I was like, I'm, this is it. This is, the, uh, this is how I go out. I'm not going to make it. And then I realized the vest did its job. So you wrap your heart with the word of God, it doesn't mean that you won't still take shots. You'll still take some shots, and they might be so hard, they might be so dry, they might hit you so hard that you'll think to yourself, this is it, I can't move on, I can't get past this, there's no moving on from this, there's no healing from this, oh wait, the vest did its job, and the word of God protected your heart. Because here's the thing, if anything wants to get to my heart, it's gotta go through the word of God. First, let the word of God act as a filter, as a filter for anything that comes at you. Can I grab this for you? I'm not going to wear it the whole time. I'm already sweating. Come on. Let the word of God be that filter for anything that tries to come at your heart. You know, the psalmist said, I, I've hidden, I've hidden your word in my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. That's why the enemy, um, the enemy tried to attack the word of God first. He's trying to get Adam and Eve to remove the vest so that he could get to their heart. And then it says Eve was convinced. Let me ask you this morning, what has the enemy been trying to convince your heart of lately? Now, what does the word of God say about that same thing? Allow that to be your filter. I've talked to, um, here's the thing though, like there's many of us in this room who have had what we call BC days. Y'all know what BC means? You got AD, BC, what does BC mean? Yeah, some of us have some before Christ days where we didn't even know the word of God, let alone allowing the word of God to guard our hearts. We didn't know our values, so we were throwing our heart around like a beach ball at a Metallica concert, bouncing around like crazy. Like, we just didn't take care of our heart. And because of that, I, I, I've, I've stood and talked to students with tears in their eyes saying things like, I wish I would have known I wish I would have known the damage that those parties would cause. I, I've stood with students and I've had this exact conversation. I wish I would have known what God's word said about 
sex outside of marriage because I didn't know how damaging it was going to be for me. I wish I would have known. Now, here's the thing. If you're in this place and you're like, yeah, me too, and, and, and now you're, you're in this place where, where shame has attached itself to you and you're struggling thinking, Pastor Gary, you talk about how God's got better plans for me than I have for myself, but that's great. That's fine. I love that for everybody else in the room, but you don't know my BC days. I can't step into what God has for me because I'm too messed up. I'm too damaged. You talk about righteousness. I'm not right. I'm not righteous. I'm anything but righteous. You don't know my story. Here's the thing about righteousness. Righteousness is not based on you. It's placed on you. It has nothing to do with what you've done. It has everything to do with what Jesus did. So let me ask you, who told you? Because the word of God says something else. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. The thing is, is that guilt's about what we've done, but shame is about who we are. And that's why the enemy came at Adam and Eve with shame, attacked who they were. Why? So they could get them to hide from God. That's what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants to attack your identity so that you'll hide from God. And when the enemy comes around and he tries to, and he's telling you, slithering in, giving you all these lies, coming against the word of God, well, well I know the real you, and so do you. You did this last week, and you did that the week before, and you were over here this time. You were, and you, well, you just say, yeah, oh, yeah, fantastic. Like, you know about my past. Oh, I know about your future. And then when people try to come and say, didn't I see you at the club two, two months ago? You say, oh, I was two months ago me. Well, you used to do this, and you used to do that, and you used to go here, and you used to go there. You used to hang out with these people. You used to do these things. You used to drink that stuff. You used to go on. You used to, it's somewhere you know a whole lot about my history, but you don't know nothing about my identity because that belongs to God, and only he can say who I am. Someone say, who told you? All right, let's keep moving. I need to mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Um, one more survey. Who would, say, who would say this morning, my family is just a little weird? My family's a little, my family's just a little crazy. My family's a lot of crazy. Uh, my family was the family that we like, we wrestled and we pranked each other. All we gave dead arms, everything. Like that was my family growing up. That's what I grew up in. Um, one day I was, I was hanging out with, with my, my family at home and I was messing around with my mom and my mom, she was in her room and she was sitting in this chair in the corner of her room. And so I thought it was funny to like mess with her and like, I'd slap her leg and I'd like jump away because I knew that she wasn't going to like get out of the chair. She's like, I'm chilling right now. I'm not trying to get up. So I would go back and I would slap her leg and I'd run away and I kept doing it and kept doing it. And my mom said, Corey, do it one more time. See what happens. <laughs> <clears throat> to every single person in the room, young and old alike, husbands, kids, when mom says do that again and see what happens, Best bet, don't do it again. I was young and dumb, but I came up with a game plan. The door was like over here, right? And the door was just a little bit open, just a little bit open. I formulated this game plan in my mind. I'm gonna I'm get it one more time, and I'm just gonna, I'm a skinny dude, I'm gonna right through there, and I'm just gonna, and I'm gonna be gone, I'm gonna jam, I'm gonna be out the front door, I'll be halfway to Mexico before my mom gets out the house. Like, that was the plan. 
So I, I smack my mom's leg, I go to the game plan, I'm about to hop out of the door, and as I go, my mom like a ninja foot sweeps me, and I fall, I'm going, I told you my family's crazy. I'm going down, as I'm going down, I hit the door, I'm like, my head is now outside of the room, but my body is still inside of the room, and my mom's holding the door on my head. I'm like, mom! Let, mom, you're crazy. What are you doing, mom? Let go. I'm gonna call Child Protective Services. Like, let go. I don't even know what Child Protective Services is. I'm like, let go. You're crazy, mom. And I'm freaking out. You know, my ear. You ever get hit in the ear and it feels like it's on fire? You're like, my, it's gonna fall off for sure. Like, I'm freaking out. I'm going crazy. And in the middle of the chaos, I just hear this quiet voice from the chair where she was sitting say, I'm not touching you. Right? Like, I was as confused as you are right now. What happened was when my mom foot swept me like a ninja, I was going down. My head went out the door and I put my hands out to catch myself. And I grabbed the door and closed it on my own head. But because my weight was forward, I was holding the door on my own head. And it wasn't until I heard my mom say, just let go, that I let go, hit the ground and ran into freedom. Some of us, some of us have been holding on to these words that people have told us, and all we need to do is let go. You know, you know, how, much, you know how much power the enemy's words has over you? However much you give it. You know how much power people's words have over you? However much you give it. I think this morning, like our, like our youth team led us in worship this morning, we need to let go. Someone say, let go. We need to let go. So what are you holding on to? How often do you think about what you think about? Right, because I think we have some words and some thoughts that we're allowing to occupy some rent-free space in our minds, and we need to renovate this morning. Well, well how? How do you renovate? Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, we are transformed by the renewing of our Minds. Can I give you one more illustration this morning? I'm going to need some help from some students this morning. If you guys would come, get ready. As they come, um, as they come, I want to talk to a couple groups as they're getting ready and the band's coming up. Uh, I want to talk to some mothers in the room real quick. Mother, I love moms. Moms, moms are the coolest at awards ceremonies. Their kid could win the most, like they, kid, your kid could win a participation award and you are, woo, that's my kid. Hey, all the moms in the room say, hey. hey. Come on. Moms, um, you guys have such an important role. And I don't know who lied to you and told you that your role in your family is insignificant. You moms, those of you, you, your wives. Can I just say as a wife, you have such a significant role as a wife. Speak life into your husband. I never feel more confident than when my wife starts talking me up. Corey, you look so good today. Those boots, come on. You, Corey, you are my favorite preacher. I'm like, oh, baby. I speak life into your husbands. Ladies, you know that when God created Eve, he said, hey, Adam, she's going to be your helper. And some people think, oh, helper, that's like this subordinate, insignificant role. It's a role with less value. No, did you know that word helper is, it's the, it's the Hebrew word, azer. Everyone say azer. You, you are bilingual now. Azer, you know, you know that every other time the word Azer is used throughout the entire Bible, it's used in reference to God helping mankind or, get this, the Holy Spirit 
helping, giving peace, comforting us. Mom's in the room. You, you hold the same job title. You share job title with the Holy Spirit. Who told you that you didn't have value? I want to talk to dads in the room real quick. You're in the room real quick. Hey, all the, all the fathers in the room say, hey. Whew. Feel that? That's masculinity right there. Let's go. Dads, did you know that according to the Department of Justice, 63% of all youth suicides take place in a fatherless home? Did you know that 90% of runaways, fatherless homes? Get this, did you know that 85% of all rapists come from a fatherless home? And did you know that girls who are raised in a fatherless home are 164 times more likely to become pregnant before they're married? Dads, I don't know who told you your role is insignificant or obsolete, but it's a lie. Who told you? And I don't know who told you, dads, you have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Just be present. Your role is so important. Speak life into your kids. Tell your son you're proud of him. Tell your daughter she's beautiful. Tell your wife how wonderful she is and take her on some dates. I heard a preacher say one time, if you don't date your wife, the enemy will find someone who will. <laughs> As an illustration, um, I want you guys to imagine this, this vase right here. This is you, this is me. This is our mind. And I want you to imagine all of these ping pong balls are the words of people and the words of the enemy that he's placed on us. You're ugly, you're insignificant, he, your last name holds no weight, you're not going to amount to anything. You, 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 your, your family is unimportant, so are you. What words have filled your mind? We've asked these students this morning to come and share some words that have been, that have filled their minds, that people have said to them, and we've asked specifically, just share what you've heard at school and social media. Maybe you've heard words something like this. They said I am weak. No one cares about you. I was rejected by the people that were closest to me. I was supposed to be a failure. You're stupid because you had brain surgery. You're ugly. You'll never have self-control. They said you'll never have a future. Maybe you've heard some of these words too. You'll never have a future. You'll amount to nothing. You're gonna be a failure. Nobody cares about you. We got a young, young lady up here named Alexa who's in our youth ministry. She had brain surgery a while ago. When she returned to school, she was told, you're stupid, you're dumb because you had brain surgery. So what's the answer? Because we've, we've all, we've all, admittedly, we raised our hands at the beginning, so we've all received this stuff. So what's the answer? I believe the answer is we need to fill our minds with the living water that is God's word. So now let's hear from the students on the word of God that combats the words the, the world has given to them. They said I am weak, but God's word gives strength to those who are weak. They said no one cares about you, but I know that's a lie because God gave his one and only son for me. Even though they rejected me, God said he would never reject me. I was supposed to be a failure, but God says through faith there is victory. I'm not stupid because I'm Fearly, fearlessly and wonderfully created. I'm not ugly because God says I'm his masterpiece. I will have self-control because God gives us a spirit of self-discipline. 
They said I'll never have a future, but God's word said that he wants to prosper me and not harm me. And as the word of God fills our minds, you see every other word, it's gotta go, it's gotta leave. See, the world told me, Corey, your father left you when you were seven years old, you are abandoned. I'm not abandoned, Jesus said I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And man, if you're in this place this morning, hear the word of God this morning, because when it fills your mind, every other word has to go. But some of you are like, but wait, Corey, 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 your illustration didn't work. Look at the ping pong balls that are still there. Well, yeah, because here's the thing. You, you're still going to take shots. You can't, get out. you can't get out of the world. People are still going to say stuff about you. The enemy is still going to attack you. You can't get away from that. But when your mind is filled with the word of God, when your heart is filled with the word of God, those words cannot penetrate and dig down deep. They can only rest on the surface. Now watch how easy it is to get rid of things on the surface. You're ugly. Nah, I'm, I'm a masterpiece. Oh, you have, no, you have no future. You're just going to be a failure. Oh, really? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you to declare the Lord's plan to give you. Prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. <laughs> You're worthless. No, I'm a child of God. You're nothing. You, 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 you're no, oh, I'm nothing really because he says that I'm highly favored. Just eat the fruit, and you'll be like God. I'm already like God. He created us in his, in his image to be like him. Who told you? This morning, let the word of God fill your heart, fill your mind. Because when you do, every other voice has to go. Can we give it up for these amazing students who shared their story this morning? talked about body, we've talked about heart, we've talked about mind. My last point is in closing. I only say the word closing because they say 70% of your audience re-engages at the word closing or conclusions. <laughs> How's your soul? Maybe you, maybe you're like the fitness king or the fitness queen. You've taken care of your body. Maybe you, maybe you're that self-care person and you've taken care of your heart. Maybe you're an intellectual. You don't even own a TV. All you do is read and you're taking care of your mind. But how's your soul? Because if you continue to live for the opinions of others, if you continue to live with the identity the world puts on you, you will always end up with that deep, dark, empty feeling deep down in your soul. And so this morning, if, you, if you're here and you say, you know what, that is me. And I've lived, I've lived for the opinions of others and I've lived for I've lived as the people that everybody else told me I was. But now I'm hearing this and Corey, like I, I, I want that. I want, I, I, I want to live that life. I want the identity that God wants to give me. How, how do I get it? Well, it's a journey, but it's a journey that we believe starts with words that we say with our mouth that we believe in our heart. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. And so this morning, if you want to step into who God's called you to be, you're going to have that opportunity right here, right now, in just a few moments. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If you're here and that's you and you say, that, that's what I want. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my heart to God. I want to give my mind to God. I want to, I want to be who he's called me to be. If that's you, 
I'm going to give you some words. We call it prayer. Maybe you've never prayed before. It's just talking to God. I'm going to give you some words, and, and you just repeat them right after me, right out loud, and mean them with everything in you. And the Bible's clear that that's when salvation will come. So, so if that's you today, wrap your heart around these words, and let's all pray this together in one voice as one family. Would you repeat right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Oh, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So today, I give you my heart, I give you my mind, I give you everything, and I'm gonna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one more thing. Um, When God created Adam and Eve, it said that they were naked and they felt no shame. Because you know that we were never intended to feel shame. And this morning, I, I just want to declare over some people who need to hear this, where the devil has said shame on you, in Jesus' name, I'm going to say shame off you. I wasn't planning on doing this, but, uh, but I'm going to jam through this really quickly. Um, this won't work for some of you parents, but it'll work for every one of our students. Um, students, um, how, many want, how many students want $100 right now? Okay, you see those junior high hands go straight up. I had to empty my bank account for this illustration, you guys. Just kidding. Now, well, well what, if I, what if I bend it? You still want it? Well, what if I bend it again? You, you still want it? Well, what if, I, what if I bend it like this? Do you still want it? Well, what if I crumple it like this? Do, do you still want it? Well, what if I throw it on the ground like this? You still want it? Well, what if I stomp it out like this? You, you, you still want it? What if I, with both feet, like you still want it? Why? Because it never lost its value. Some of you, you've been crushed and you've been thrown down and you've been stomped on. You've been used and abused but you never lost your value. God is after your heart. He loves you so much. And this morning, uh, I need to put this back in my pocket or else I'll never eat again. I believe in this place there's some people who maybe, maybe you've done something or something's been done to you that has left you feeling broken and beaten and worthless and there's shame on you. Maybe. Maybe you've gone through abuse. Maybe you've been through divorce. Maybe you've been through something in life that's put shame on you. And now you're here and you're saying, I'm struggling with my identity. I just want to pray for you right here, right now. And if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. Wow. Anybody else? You say, man, I, I want freedom today. Amazing. Well, God, today... I pray freedom in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that we would step into who you've called us to be. And I pray healing for those who need healing. And God, I pray in Jesus' name, where the devil has said shame on you, that Jesus, you would come and remove that shame. And you would remove it as far as the east is from the west. And we would step into who you call us to be, who you tell us to be, regardless of what people say, regardless of what the enemy says, regardless of what our own emotions and feelings say. We are going to believe who you say that we are. And that's what we're going to declare as we sing today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you stand to your feet? Would you worship God with us today as we declare these powerful words about who he says we are?
almost done this morning, students, if you would make your way back to your seat. And as they're making their way, um, those of you who receive Christ today, those of you who receive salvation, we feel like it's our responsibility to take these next few steps with you. And we've designed something called the next seven days. It's just our way of helping you walk this journey for the next week. In youth, we do it a little bit differently. If you're a student who got saved this morning, uh, we do it um, through videos that will send you over the next seven days. And so at the end of service, right down here, right at the front, you'll see some prayer teams. They'll be able to direct students to the prayer teams that are for students and those who are adults to those um, to the adult leaders there. And, um, you made the best decision you've ever made with your life. Please let us give you this book. If you're in a big rush, you'll see it right out in the foyer before you get to the, the doors. There's a counter right there. It says the next seven days. Let us give this to you. I believe it'll bless you. It'll help you walk that journey. And church, can we just welcome people into God's family right now? Amazing. Well, this is the moment in service where we're going to worship God through our giving. And just a moment ago, Kale shared the, the scripture, for God so loved the world that, that he gave. And you'll see multiple ways that you'll be able to give, multiple options on the screen. And today being summer weekend, I want to invite one of our student leaders to the platform to share with you about giving. Welcome JJ to the stage, if you would. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Just heard an amazing word. So I was 16 years old when I first went to Bridge Youth. It was a very weird experience for me. I wasn't raised a Christian. Christianity to me was just simply another religion in the world of many. And so I went to Bridge Youth and I had two questions. I was wondering, why is the pastor wearing leggings and he calls them skinny jeans? <laughs> and wearing his wife's boots, but we don't have to talk about that part. And second, <laughs> second, it amazed me how on fire students were for someone that they called God. And so that night I heard Corey's message and by the end of that night, I found myself sobbing, giving my life to Christ. And so I gave my life to Christ and the journey began and I started exploring Christianity. I started exploring the evidence, the manuscripts, all these different things that I wanted to do to secure my faith. And at the age of 16 then, I was lost, but now at 18, I'm proud to say that I've been one year of college and now I'm studying applied theology to become a pastor one day. And when I look back on all the opportunities that Bridge Youth gave me, I can't help but to say that Bridge Youth changed my life. And not only that, if it was not for your generosity, Bridge Youth would not exist. So whether you know it or not, but the giving that you give changes students' lives. And I'm just one of hundreds. And on behalf of all the hundreds even here sitting in the front rows, we thank you for your generosity. We thank you for the love you poured out onto us because it is changing students' lives. And when we look at it, it really, you're changing the world. So today, give with cheerful hearts and give knowing that you changed at least one student's lives. And so let's watch Church News together. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Summer Weekend at the Bridge. My name is Kai, and I want to give you a special welcome today. We hope that you enjoy your morning in church and that you and your family have a wonderful time with us. Summer has arrived, and we want to help you stay connected in the coming weeks. Here's a look at what's happening. We hope that you'll find your place and be a part of what God is doing here at the Bridge. All Aboard Kids Day Camp is just two weeks away from July 8th through the 11th. We don't want your child to miss out on this super fun week of connecting with God and other kids. So be sure to register them today before the discounted rate expires. 
If you are a parent or student aged 12 or older who would like to serve this year, you can sign up to volunteer on our website, thebridgechurch.tv, or through the Bridge app. Even if you're a parent with young kids, childcare will be provided just for you. With your help, we can make an eternal impact on the kids' lives. Thanks for making Kids Day Camp an amazing experience. Water baptisms are happening next Sunday during both services. If you have recently made a decision to follow Christ or you've made that decision at some point in the past, we invite you to follow Christ and water baptism. If you'd like to participate in this significant day, stop by the Info Center after this service to sign up. You can also sign up on our website or through the Bridge app. We want to share this special day with you as a church family. We hope you'll participate in water baptisms this month at the Bridge. If you are new to the Bridge, we invite you to stop by the Info Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in church life. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For more general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also stay plugged in by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. Thank you again so much for spending your morning with us. Have an awesome Sunday. Hey, have you enjoyed being in church today? Hey, give all of our youth team a big, big hand today. And I know we're just a few minutes later than usual, but let me say a couple things before we go. I told Pastor Corey early this morning before service, I said, now, Pastor Corey, three things. Number one, what's your time? Number two, no hype, just teach the Word of God. And then number three, don't use any words that'll get me in trouble, okay? Like last time you talked about peeing your pants. Don't talk about that kind of stuff this time. How many of you know two out of three ain't bad? Give, give him a good hand this morning. Hey, it's been a great weekend. We are so proud of our youth, all of you guys. Bridge Youth, we love you guys so much, and we do believe in you. JJ, we believe in you. God's got a great future, and we're just excited. This is the church of today, not someday. This is the church of today right now, and I'm proud of you guys so much. Before we go, one last little thing. You know, we like to recognize things that are important, and I think this is one of those things that's probably pretty important. Carmela Lastra is 90 years old. Carmela, stand back there. Would you do that? Come on, stand up for me. Right? I want everybody to know who Carmela is. We are proud of you. And this is her family who have all come to be with her today. Give them all a big hand. Carmelo, we are so proud of you. God bless you. 90 years and counting. Hey, everybody, thanks for being in church today. Have a great, great day.